0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 9, Episode 10. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by KSG Armory Holsters, Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023, as of the recording of this particular episode. And today, well, I'm your host, Riley Bowman, and I am joined by co-host and producer, Matthew Marister.
1: What's up, dude?
0: Glad to be with you, man, and glad to do a Justified Saves episode with you today.
1: Yeah, it seems like forever since we've done one of those.
0: Yeah, it's been, I don't know, I don't know exactly... How long it's been. I actually was reviewing the last uh, time we did a Justified Saves episode, which was season nine, episode one. So nine episodes ago. I didn't actually look at the Mm. date on that one. And uh, there's kind of an interesting, there's two stories that are, there's like an interesting correlation between uh, that last Justified Saves episode and the one we're doing today. But I'll save that for later on in the show. Keep everybody anticipating what that, you know would, what that is. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> uh, I was just, was, you know, I was like reading this one story and I was like, you know, this kind of sounds similar. And I, you know, I always want to make sure I, I didn't think it was exactly the same one, but sometimes there's those ones we come across and maybe just cause like a news outlet picks it up, you know, a month or two down the road. Um, and, and it's like, you know, I'll go back and double check that we're not you know talking about the same thing or if we are, we're at least giving an update and so, anyway, I looked back at the, the last one and found something kind of interesting. Today's episode cool. sponsors are CCWSAFE, CCWSAFE.com, and also uh, GuardianNation.com, which is our membership program. Folks, you want to check that out and consider being a part of that. Uh, One of the big benefits is being able to attend things like our annual Guardian Conference for a substantial discount. And then we also have KSG Armory holsters, which you can find at ksgarmory.com. So we're going to talk about three sponsors here today. Uh, We'll mention each of those a little bit more specifically throughout the episode. appreciate our sponsors and for your support of our sponsors to make it possible to do what we do here. So uh, without further ado, Matthew, let's get into our stories for today. This, of course, being Justified Saves, which if you're not familiar, if you're relatively new to the podcast, uh, and certainly I do hope, we always hope that uh, the podcast is growing and that would mean adding some new folks. So if you're new here, Justified Saves episode, that's our word for DGUs or defensive gun uses, which is another term that some folks in the industry like to use to describe such things. Uh, We like to use the justified saves uh, description because, number one, it means that the person is justified in using some kind of deadly force, quite often involving the use of a gun, although not all of our stories have involved guns, gun use. Uh, So it's justified, meaning it's within the bounds of the law, that it's uh, self-defense, right? And then also that it's a save, which means the idea here is, is, Similar to body armor, like Safariland has, has been known for many years, a couple of decades now, that they count their number of saves, like lives saved, cops on duty, for instance, lives saved by the fact that they're wearing uh, their, their body armor. And so I think of this the same way you use justified deadly force, you save your life, perhaps the lives of your family or other people you care about, or sometimes complete strangers, although those stories are a bit more rare. And that's the, that's the idea. That's the concept. So today is a Justified Saves episode. It's one of our favorites. Been doing this a long time. Uh, kind of a crowd favorite, I think, of the podcast. People seem to enjoy it. So our first story today. Title is Burglar Dared a Georgia Homeowner to Shoot Him During a Break In, and He Granted His Wish in the Best Way Possible. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind of like that saying you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <coughs> this is a story on a website I'd never been on before. Uh USASupreme.com. Well, I like the sound of that. USA Supreme. <laughs> uh USA Supreme.com. Matthew, why don't you uh, give us a rundown on this story out of Columbus, Ohio? So probably not huh? too far from well, let's hold on. Georgia homeowner. And then it says, "Oh, the man, the suspects from Ohio. That's what it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's from Ohio, and actually, he had uh, he was wanted in a murder for a stabbing death of a seventy-seven-year-old woman out of uh, out of Ohio, and now he ends up in Georgia. So there you go. There's a little bit of uh, uh, context that sets the stage. Matthew, give us the rest of it.
1: Yeah. So this guy, you've already." teed up that he's not a much outstanding dude. Um, so this dude, uh, just before 2am Thursday, the Fayette County 911 gets a call from a resident in North Fayette County about a possible intruder in his house. Um, so they receive also a, a notification from the company this guy this homeowner has a uh, an alarm system, so they're also call uh, you know the the um, alarm system's also calling the police so uh, it's kind of a secondary call, so they have two calls now on this one uh, incident of, of a guy breaking in um, They say uh, deputies re- start responding, and it, it turns out that they say the home homeowner armed himself with a gun and confronted the intruder in the basement. Um, and the intruder was armed with a knife. Not sure how they, he got into the basement. Maybe it's, you know, slipped through a window or it's one of those with the a door that goes into this, in, into kind of a cellar or something like that. But anyways, this guy is armed with a, a knife in the basement. Homeowner confronts him uh, in the basement and the homeowner warns the intruder. He says, be, um, uh, he, he, or he said, if you can, if uh, get out of the house, I'm armed with a, with a firearm, I'm going to shoot you. Um, and then he, it says there, he took a stand. Uh, the homeowner takes, um, stand and runs up to the second floor. Uh Lee's guy in the basement goes up to the to the second floor, says, hey, you know, get out of my house. I have a firearm. And it, the article says, there he took a stand as a subject made his way up to the second floor. Uh, he made the comment something to the effect of, quote, you're going to have to kill me. This is the intruder. Uh, when the resident fired a second shot, that was about the time the deputies got there. From what we can tell, he was coming down the stairway with the second shotgun wound um, to meet the deputies. At that point, they actually uh, still struggled with him as they took him into custody. So this guy had been shot um, at least you know two times, still fighting with the police. Uh, they take him into custody. And I, I like this, uh, you know, just because it shows that the guy did what he could, you know, he he gave the guy commands like, hey, I don't want to shoot you or, you know, get on my home. I'm armed, but he didn't just blast him right away. Now, certainly he had the, you know, the right to do that. Um, but perhaps, you know, based on distance and in how he positioned himself in the house, he didn't have to shoot him right away. He positioned himself, um, you know, where the... Intruder would have to continue to come towards him and make it obvious that he was there to harm him. And by his own statements, you know, he, you know, he 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 wasn't afraid of the guy shooting him. He's, he knew that um, he had a firearm and he was there to harm the guy. So um, he gave him a little bit of, you know, the homeowner gave himself a little bit of standoff time and ability to think and and um, you know, call the police and do all these things um, instead of just rushing right up to him and having to make a split second second decision and it still ended up shooting the guy, but he didn't end up uh, having to fight the guy or, you know, potentially lose the gun in a fight or, or anything like that, get harmed, get slashed while he's shooting. Um, So I I like this because it it actually had some detail about what the homeowner did during the shooting other than, you know, dude breaks in and, and homeowner shoots him. So a little bit, little bit of good detail there. Um, But yeah, I thought, I thought that was a good, uh, a good addition to that story.
0: I agree, dude. I read that and I was kind of blown away because it's rare that we see uh, detail to this level uh, from such things, from these types of stories. I'm not sure where all that information came from, uh, but bravo to the journalists that compiled it. I don't, you know, the particular uh, author of this article just identified it as Natalie Washington um, and uh, no idea who that is. But anyway, yeah, fantastic. I mean, this guy. I mean apparent it's very apparent we have an intruder uh, the guy's in the basement like you said I mean he made some his way somehow into the basement homeowner discovers him there there's an initial exchange and an initial exchange like there's one shot fired in the basement it says you know and then that the homeowner retreats to a a different position of advantage you know almost mm-hmm. always having the high ground is is a position of advantage And, you know, by this, I mean, the homeowner takes himself, like he shoots the intruder and then withdraws. It's like, dude, get out. I just shot you, man. You know, and then he goes upstairs to the second level of the home and just basically chills there waiting, you know, and continuing to, I'm sure, tell this guy to get the heck out of his house. Uh, I think this guy checked off a lot of boxes for like what to do, good things to do, uh, best practices with respect to. Um, how you might conduct yourself, even though this is within your home, and even though that grants you a fair amount of leeway uh, from a legal perspective as far as what you can and cannot do to defend yourself, your family, the other occupants of the home. Uh, it, it, but this guy, I mean, he it's very apparent he did not wish to use deadly force he made that very clear that's a good thing i mean i'm not I wasn't worried at all reading this that there was any reason why he would might see charges, but you know you wanna you wanna conduct yourself in a way where it's very obvious hopefully to investigators that like no, I'm the good guy here, I'm the one that's in the right. I did absolutely nothing I did my absolute best you know to to stay away from um you know, crossing any sort of legal lines with respect mm-hmm. to use of deadly force. So, bravo to this guy, um, defending his himself and his family um, as he felt he needed to, and only doing as much as he needed to and no more. Uh, so, pretty cool story. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An interesting thing about today's episode, by the way, is we have three stories about use of you know deadly force. So, using a gun in defense of yourself against bears uh now we we see these kinds of stories uh, pop up fairly you know frequently but to see in just a couple of weeks here three of them you know basically back to back to back i think I'll, i'll see i know at least let's see that one's in montana and that one's in montana and that one's in montana yeah well southwest and western montana which happens to be kind of where the border is with Idaho, which is not too far from where I grew up, which is not too far from Yellowstone National Park. So Western and Northwestern Montana or Wyoming, that whole region that is like grizzly bear capital of the world. Uh, Certainly there's places too in, in Alaska and uh, uh, Canada, but there's a lot of grizzlies in that region. And I think all three of these stories involve grizzly bears. No joke, take them seriously. I mean, same is true with even black bears. Um, but if you if you're not familiar, grizzly bears are a whole other level. They tend to be more territorial, more defensive, uh, and also they're a lot bigger and a lot meaner when they when they actually attack you. A bigger jaws, bigger teeth, bigger claws. Man, don't mess with these guys. Uh, yeah. Having spent quite a bit of time in the Idaho backcountry. I used to always pack with me bear spray, uh, but also I like to also have a firearm of some sort with me as well. I like having both options. I am familiar with instances of pepper spray not um, being effective enough and certainly instances where people still died even though they had a firearm. Uh, so anyway, Um this first incident happened near Freezeout Lake Wildlife Management Area near Fairfield, uh, Montana. Uh, this is according to Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. And it was reported on uh, kbzk.com, Channel 7 News in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, basically, what happened here is uh, a hunter was walking along uh, hunting for, for upland birds. So, he's, he's, he's bird hunting. So, what's he packing here? He's packing a shotgun what's most likely loaded in that shotgun birdshot, right? Uh, So he's got a shotgun loaded with birdshot hunting birds. He's actually on private land, but he happens to come upon a bear. uh, And uh, it charged him. Okay. And so says here, and this is pretty remarkable. The hunter fired twice with his shotgun at less than 15 feet hitting the bear at least once and causing it to run off. The hunter was not injured in the encounter. Dude, that is sketchy. I mean, Mm -hmm. number one, less than 15 feet. And and those bears can cover 15 feet like that. Uh, Not only that, they're probably, you know, the better part of 15 feet tall, you know? (laughs) Uh, So uh, less than 15 feet with a shotgun, most certainly with birdshot. Uh, two shots fired. Guess what? He's bird hunting. He's probably got three shells max in his gun, <laughs> you know, to be compliant with uh, hunting regs. So it's like, dude, that's sketchy. But here's what's cool. You know what? Uh, sometimes uh, just the fear that is caused by the firing of a gun, sometimes uh, maybe a little bit of pain. In this case, you know, birdshot striking the bear somewhere in his body, maybe his head, his face. Who knows? It doesn't say where he shot him. But it was enough. It was enough to get this bear to break off its attack. Uh, it said that they tried to find the bear. They searched for it. Uh, law enforcement and uh, 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 fish and wildlife, uh, you know, ranger folks. Uh, they even used a drone trying to locate the bear. Never did locate the bear. So uh, whether it, uh, you know, went off somewhere and expired uh, or if he, you know, is carrying his wounds. Uh, you know, and, and just going about his merry whole way again, who knows, but a remarkable story there. That's the first one out of Montana.
1: Yeah. And dude, I like when these three, you know, for, if you're new, like I have said this before in the podcast, but I, I sort through like, you know, dozens and dozens, maybe 30, 40, um, stories. And when I was going through there and I found three of these, I had to go back and make sure like, is this the same story because you know i i didn't want to overlap it and i'm like nope this is another one nope this isn't there were three of them and i don't know what it was but like i don't i don't normally go on social media that much um but um i was on there and i saw like two other videos that just popped up and i don't know the time frame or or you know the context but like one of them was you know people a a video of people standing out you know they're kind of like on a kind of like a riverbank area in a you know, a bear comes running at them. And one of the dudes, there was a bunch of people there and he kind of like started screaming and got like, you know, waving his hands and the bear kind of like diverted and ran off. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it was a big bear. And then the other video was like this, this girl on a snowboard and she was like fixing her bindings or something stopped on the, on the hill. And then, you know, she's videoing herself and then you see her start, you know, she starts going down the, the slope again and in the background you see this grizzly bear just like running down the hill right behind her and he, she didn't even know and so is like I, I don't know what was going on like if those are recent or not maybe they're not but like a lot of bear stuff and I when I saw this I'm like man this is like <laughs> bears are like we like you said we get some you know every once in a while every couple months there's a there's a story about a bear or something like that but I don't know. Maybe bears are just getting angrier and angrier. I don't know, man. <laughs> but uh, I'm not messing with any well, bears. I'll tell you that you much. Know, you know, grizzlies are
0: still a protected species by federal law. And uh, be, that protection has afforded them the ability to, because to, at one time they, they were, you know, very much nearly extinct. Uh, and then protections were put in place, programs were put in place. Um, you know, they, they established themselves pretty well in Yellowstone National Park, which is a national park, so even further protections offered there within a national park. And just over – I mean, I've seen a lot of this in my lifetime, you know, uh, so I'm, I've basically been around for four decades now, and I remember as a child, uh, yeah – you definitely were aware of bears and you knew they were out there, um, but not nearly as prevalent as what they are today. Like their population growth has, has Mm -hmm. grown considerably in the last few decades and uh, and again, I'm talking specific to the kind of that inner mountain, uh, you know, Rocky Mountain region of Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, uh, where I have the most experience with this. And that they have the grizzlies, especially in that area, have grown a lot. And so you see population growth, and also population growth of humans, and that naturally means a little bit more encroachment on on you know land land uh space you know land space and so now you're seeing more and more interactions between these bears and and people uh, so that that is a very real thing especially out there in, in the west mm-hmm. so um yeah hey this reminds me uh, real quick and, and and we've got a couple more stories that are again about bears and um but uh i did want to point people to we've talked about it before on the podcast. But Dean Weingarten from who writes primarily for Amoland.com. Dean has done a great job over the years compiling reports and stories of pistol use you know, so defensive use of pistols against bears. Uh, and you know, it's the the statistics are pretty remarkable. Uh, a lot of people would say, you know, I don't want any, I don't want anything less than a rifle defending against a bear, which is I totally understand and respect that, Uh, certainly even against human adversaries. If I had the choice between rifle and pistol, I know which one I would pick. Uh, But then even then, they're like, well, yeah, but nothing less than like a 44 Magnum or maybe a 10 millimeter would be acceptable. But Dean's collection of evidence is pretty telling that, in all honesty, almost everything. And I, I don't, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble. And certainly, you have to make the decisions for yourself as far as what you think is adequate for your own personal defensive needs. But almost any firearm is gives you a good chance uh, if provide you know how to use that firearm and get hits on target. Uh, gives you a good chance of surviving uh, a bear attack. Okay, because even in the case of 22 long rifle uh, chambered guns, there's a number of instances where that's successful. Then uh, that's and even one of those in Dean's database, you know, his data set. One of those was a 22 used against a polar bear. Uh, I think that one was actually one of the ones that wasn't successful, but it's still remar- a remarkable data point. But in in you know pretty much anything. Like the 9mm, uh, 357 Magnum category, I think there was one, one or two instances of 38 specials not being effective, but plenty of other instances where 38 specials were effective. Um, four instances of 40 Cal, 45 ACP, again, I mentioned 9 millimeter. All those tend to be overwhelmingly uh, successful in defensive use against bears. And so I'm going to drop a link in this sh- today's show notes, which you'll be able to access uh, when you look at this episode, once published uh, to his most recent update, which was published just two weeks ago, September 15th, 2023. It's uh, titled recorded defensive uses of pistols against bears has grown exponentially. He's added even more da- data to his, uh, to his, uh, you know, recorded information here, uh, including some more instances going back to the 1890s and early 1900s. Um, and within this article, he has a link to his previous articles that talks, you know, that goes into greater detail in some of the specifics. But basically what his total collection, which now is like well over 100 instances and, and, and probably even more, uh, it's about 97% effective in that of recorded instances where we know the weapon that was used in cases where a pistol was used about 97% success rate mm. of defense against bears. And this is all types of bears. It, there's uh, black bears, brown bears, grizzly bears, uh, uh, polar bears, all included in this data set. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, it's noteworthy at the very least. Again, I'm not saying like, hey, all you need is a 22, you know, go hiking in the woods. Like, you know, you're, you're good. Uh, but uh, it, it, it does give you some, some additional food for thought, some things to consider when you're trying to make some of those uh, choices. I think where I'm at, and also considering the fact that I'm, I'm almost always also carrying uh, pe- uh, bear spray, Matthew, mm-hmm. is that I'm, I tend to not really change anything up. Uh, I just kind of carry the same gun that I normally carry for, you know, typical suburban type, you know, defensive use. I, that's just what I, I just, I don't change anything up. Um, other than I've occasionally I've been known to pack instead of like hollow points, uh, maybe FMJs or something for like max penetration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're out
1: there, you don't have to worry so much as for your backstop, right. As you would like in a Walmart, aisle so yeah that makes sense
0: right right that that's that's my logic there is that you know backstop Mm. at way less of an issue and then number two like i want penetration because yes these (laughs) can be large thick skinned thick meaty buggers you know um as long as i can get good shot placement and it penetrates deeply i have pretty good confidence in in my ability to To do what I need to do. So there you go. So that that link to his latest article talking about that topic will be in the show notes of today's episode. Matthew, why don't you? Oh, actually, hold on. Before we get to the other two stories, I do want to talk about our first episode sponsor, CCW Safe. CCWsafe.com is our website. You know, they've been sponsors of the podcast for a long time now. I think actually our longest continuously sponsoring uh, company out there. Uh, We've been working with them for some time. You know, before they even officially sponsored us, we were already fans of their product. And so um, it, it, that's what that's what I choose for my personal legal and liability protection, if you will, in the event that I'm involved in some kind of use of deadly force incident, uh, got to draw my gun in defense, defend my home, defend my family, uh, whatever it is, I know I've got CCW safe backing me up and I know that they will do so. As they've proven it uh, in other cases and in protecting their other members. And also, I know. I mean, we just had the Guardian conference, Matthew, I and mean, you probably talked to, you know, uh, some of their folks there. Uh, you know, like Gary Eastridge, one of our longtime friends over there, and, and longtime supporter of everything we do here. Uh, he's probably the guy I talk to the most over there. He's he's not only a great guy and supports us and supports their members when you know he's one of their top incident response people um, but he's hugely valuable in that arena as well because he's super experienced in dealing with those kinds of cases because he's he's in he's been on all sides of that he's investigated murders um, but now he's on the other side of helping defend you along with the ccw safe team and and any uh, uh attorneys that they hire on your behalf so Check it out today, ccwsafe.com, and hope that you'll consider joining their program, all right? Uh, Guardian Nation members, by the way, get a 20% discount off membership. So, And we'll talk about Guardian Nation membership here in just a minute. Matthew, why don't you tell us about these other two bear attacks? Since uh, they're kind of similar in topic, why don't we cover those next two things back to
1: back? Yeah. So this next one uh, happened with two whitefish men, one whitefish Montana. Um, Yep. Beautiful community. Been there many times. Yeah. So these guys are out scouting, scouting for their hunt uh, hunting season. So they're out there uh, looking to see where they're going to be hunting. Uh, it says it's near Smoky Range Trailhead off of Canyon Creek Road in the Flathead National Forest. Uh, this happened August 26th. They encounter a female grizzly bear with a cub. That's never a good thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know a lot about bears, but I'm pretty sure that's a bad thing. Um, it says <laughs> they're walking through a thick section of forest when they surprise the bears inside of 15 feet. So there's that 15 feet that you mentioned Oof. in the other story. Oof. Yeah. That's scary. So, these dudes uh, surprise this mother bear and her cub. And the adult bear charges uh, both of these men. It says both men shot and killed the bear. One of the men was shot in the back shoulder uh, during the incident. So, apparently some friendly fire, um, but was okay. The bear ends up dying. Uh, They killed the bear. It doesn't say in the story if they were you know, they, that they had rifles, shotguns, pistols, um, you know, Riley and I were talking about it and, and we kind of came to the conclusion they probably had handguns just because, uh, they were just scouting the area. It's possible they had yep. something larger, but you know, um, it makes sense that they probably had something like that.
0: Yeah, not, that was my thought. I mean, cause having hunted, you know, many times and 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 done so in bear country like but yeah you're not scouting you're not out there scouting your hunting grounds uh with a rifle unless you're an idiot because or i guess if you really want to prepare yourself right, right. <laughs> because no i don't know about you but uh i don't really know many people enjoy packing around seven eight nine pounds whatever your rifle and you know scope ways uh just just cause you can, <laughs> uh, especially through the woods, you know? So, uh, you know, like when, you know, when, when you have no expectation of needing to use your hunting rifle, like you don't want to be packing that thing around needlessly. So I was like, these guys are just out scouting. They're almost certainly just carrying some handguns mm-hmm, on them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't know yeah. the caliber or anything like that. Um, but that goes into, you know, kind of your, your yeah. evidence from, uh, from that uh, study from Dean. But, um, and then the other, the other one is similar. Uh, this happens to be um, two dudes that are fishing, and they're walking through what it says, dense vegetation. This is Wednesday, August 30th, so only a couple days later. And this is um, uh, the Tom Minor Basin. Not sure where that is.
0: I actually don't know where that is. I, I I recognize all the other places we've talked about today, but this was reported out of Bozeman, uh, just like the first story mm-hmm. was. Um, so it might be kind of in that area. But yeah.
1: So in, in this one, says two two anglers uh, were walking through dense vegetation where they're when they're charged by a grizzly bear. One of the anglers shot and killed the bear. No people were injured. That's really all we have on on this one. Again, no. Uh, identification of what type of firearm was used, the caliber, anything like that, how many shots were fired, anything like that. But, um, another bear that was killed by, um, you know, gunfire. And, um, yeah. So the third in, in that month, uh, out there, man, I, (laughs) if you guys live out there and you're out hunting and stuff, you know,
0: (laughs) be, be prepared, man. Most of the folks that live up in that region, you know, they, they, they know the drill. It's, it's the visitors that, you know, you got to uh, watch Don't out for. Me. Um, you know, just one other comment I was going to throw at you on that second story, the one where the two men both shot uh, and killed the bear. And one of the men, like you mentioned, was shot, it appears, by friendly fire. It's just a good reminder of number one, our skills need to be sharp, Mm -hmm. right? So we have the, the capability of actually hitting what we're aiming at. And number two, that our, our visual awareness and decision-making are really, really on, you know, that they're up to snuff, Uh, because, you know, this, this can be very quickly a, a dynamic event that's, meaning that it's just simply it's, it's evolving quickly and changing quickly. Uh, and man, you got to know where your people are at. Uh, you got to know what's acceptable backstop wise, and you got to be able to identify uh, your target and shoot and actually hit it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's, these two men were very, very fortunate. Number one, that they survived the bear attack. Number two, that they survived the secondary attack, which was one of them hitting the the other person with the with their the, their gunfire. So, yeah. kind of scary there. I'm glad that in the end everybody you know is okay. You know, poor bear, but uh, uh, you know this is something that sometimes happens, and this is sometimes the result. So yeah,
1: yeah, just to be alert and be have your uh, wits about you. I know. I I mean, I don't know how people go out and you know if if people you know, um, you, you, you said most people out there pay attention. They know, know this stuff. I know like if I'm taking my family out to, you know, road trips and stuff, I'm not, I'm probably not taking them off, uh, into these areas, uh, without prior knowledge. And maybe, you know, if you, if you travel or something like that and you like to go to national parks, like scout ahead, see if you saw like three, three bear attacks in a month, maybe like, you know, that's something that you investigate, you kind of s- see what, what kind of stuff is going on in the area. Maybe be, pr- be a little prepared. It's similar to like, if you're going to a, another city, you know, is, is it a crime? Is there a crime area? Is it, you know, that type of thing. So maybe uh, something similar to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Intel is a good thing. I mean, it's actually honestly the, the first thing where it absolutely. comes to making decisions yeah. and Having good strategy and tactics, you need intel. So know where you're going, know what you're getting into. Speaking of intel, uh, this next story is kind of interesting in that mm. regard, I think. Uh, it's actually one that you wrote on our website, concealedcarry.com, Matthew. But I'm going to talk about it. At least take the lead on it. Um, yeah. So man fires 13 rounds through door at men trying to break into his apartment. Uh, DGU video. That's the the headline here on the article you published August 23rd, 2023, um, as I mentioned on concealedcarry.com. So if you want to go read it there, you can read it there. Of course, you can see all the links to all the stories that we're discussing today on uh, the show notes of this particular episode. This happened in near Dallas, Texas, in the Oak Cliff neighborhood, uh, August 19th. It's it's daytime uh, you can see that very clearly from the video. If you review that, the video is also included in this article. So you can go see this whole video. The video, by the way, is taken from basically a door, a doorbell camera, if you will. And so, uh, these two guys, uh, per, you know, the two suspects involved here, uh, come to the door, knock on the door or ring the doorbell. Uh, the doorbell camera is activated. Uh, one of the run, one of the residents, you know, sees this. Okay, pulls it up, sees what's going on, sees these two men there. Can actually, you know, number one, at first he's just suspicious. He's like, because they were saying they, they had some kind of story they made up. They're like, hey, we're here, you know, we're with building maintenance. We're here to replace your your air filter or something like that, <laughs> or your furnace filter, whatever. And uh, he's like, this 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 doesn't add up. You know, number one probably like these guys don't look look right like one of them is wearing a mask you know like an actual you know not just not just like what you would wear for uh it looks like a ski mask kind of thing you know uh you know they don't again they're not dressed like they're any any in any sort of official capacity uh and plus you know i imagine if this guy's lived there for any amount of time like this is probably you know he's like what do you mean? You're here to replace a furnace filter. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the apartment uh, complex does that kind of thing. I know a lot of uh, folks might have to do that themselves. But anyway, so he's like not adding up. He responds. He talks to them through the doorbell camera. He's like, hey, nobody's home. Get the heck out of here kind of thing. And they start kicking the door, trying to kick it in at this point, I think is probably when he um, notices as he looks at the camera that you can actually see one of these guys armed with a gun, like actually has the gun in his hand, standing outside. You know, there's the one guy, red shirt, kicking the door, guy in a blue shirt, just standing there holding a gun at like a low ready. And so uh, the uh, resident who's just, you know, he's just hanging out at home, playing video games with a friend. he goes and grabs his gun, which he described as being far away. Lesson number one, it's good to have a gun either on your person or nearby, even at home. I, I just make it a habit to carry all the time. Uh, it, it's just it's become my... And I know that not everybody wants to do that, and that's okay. Uh, but and I'll definitely say there's days, occasionally days, where I'm like, you know, today I'm just chilling. I'm just wearing, you know, the sweats or the basketball shorts. Uh, I'm not doing anything today. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, today's a day. I'm not going to, you know, walk around the house with my gun on my waist. Uh, but those days are kind of rare. And even then I certainly have tools at my disposal, but anyway, first lesson, right? He has to go quote unquote far away within his apartment to get his gun. Comes back, he figures out again, you know, these guys are lying to him. They're kicking the door. He took up a position. It says by his couch, um, Maybe not the best form of protection, you know, of cover, if you will, but uh, better than nothing. And uh, he then, you know, at some point, and again, he he could see the man, one of the men had a handgun. So he starts firing and fires 13 rounds through the door. Uh, I don't recall, Matthew, seeing whether we had any information of these perpetrators of this crime being struck by the gunfire. But, uh, but yeah. certainly they, they skedaddle, right? Mm-hmm. Like they get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 rounds to the door, all 13 rounds from what we can see impact the neighbor's wall across the hallway here from this man's apartment. Uh, he said, fortunately, his neighbors had just left a short time before, so they weren't in there. But we also don't know for sure just how far these rounds went, like how many other walls these go through and could that have penetrated into another unit somewhere else. But even if that, you know, again, if there had been somebody in that other unit, man, that's super sketchy, right? So that's another big lesson here is like, I, I, I don't try to be too harsh, you know, on a guy here that clearly had at least justification in defending himself in that this is this is very much a violent attempt to break into his apartment by armed men. Um, however, we do need to be judicious still in our use of force in knowing what we can and cannot shoot, knowing what our backstop is. Because I mean, if we have to deal with the threat, we want to deal with the threat. and We don't want to hurt anybody else in the process. And this is a situation that, frankly, this guy got lucky that nobody else got injured. Like, that's all it is. He's lucky. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to count on luck if I'm in a similar si- situation, right? I, I I want to do what I got to do, and I don't want to have to count on luck on, in any way. Like, I don't want to count on luck that might, you know, that because... Yeah, you know, I'm just supposing here that my, you know, I don't practice enough, so my skill is not what it should be. But I'll, you know, I'll get lucky, you know. And I don't want to count on luck. That, well, I don't know about you know any bullets that miss and stuff, you know. But like, I'll just, I'll just hope and pray that I get lucky that those don't strike anybody else, you know. Like, that's a terrible plan. So, you know, in the end, this worked out. Uh, this guy's not in trouble legally. He's not facing charges. He defended himself but he got lucky, you know? So there's some lessons I think we can take away from this one.
1: Yeah, dude, uh, for sure. And, you know, I I think when, whenever clearly the dude had legal justification to defend himself with deadly force and nobody's questioning that. I think like when, when we say something like, Hey, this guy got lucky and you have to be judicious when you're shooting and and taking these, you know, your backdrop into consideration, people like start hearing something different and they hear like, Oh, well, what are you, are you saying that he did, he shouldn't have shot or he shouldn't have defended himself. And we're not saying that. Um, but you, you know, you do have to make these, you do have to take these things into consideration and that's what we're trying to say. And, and so, you know, him taking up a position by his couch, that was good. Um, could there have been a better position maybe down the hall that still provides, you know, um, ability to have some standoff distance, where and I don't know this guy's apartment complex layout, you know, all that stuff, but it's something to think about in your own, you know, if you do live in a an apartment because backdrop is is different in an apartment complex compared to an, a you know a standard home um, or you know in, in a condominium or something like that. Um, the, the you know you. The backdrop is oftentimes there's some, you know, a door right across from your door. So consider where can I position myself? And this goes into like all those principled, you know, podcasts where we talked about, you know, responding to um, home invasion and stuff. But like, you know, do I have a position of advantage that I can, I can kind of dictate what's going to happen and I don't have to shoot through the door to stop somebody from coming in where – even if they breach that door, I still have standoff and cover where I can engage that person with gunfire more accurately because I, now I see them and, you know, we're not saying that the dude didn't have legal justification, but um, you know, those things are very, I mean, it would have been horrible if he would have killed, you know, three of the, you know, you hear some, imagine this, I, I, this is what I imagine you know, you're in a, you're in an apartment, you hear somebody kicking the door You don't know if it's your door or not. You go to your door and you look through the peephole and it happens to be your neighbor across the way. And then that dude just erupts with like, lets out a ton of, you know, gunfire and you're standing at your door and you get lit up because it's going right through one door into your, you know, or you have your family there and they're all like, hey, what's going on? You know, and, and so um, it's just. Something to think about. I mean, it, it, I was the guy's grouping isn't too bad. You know, it's not. It wasn't like he was like. It's not. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he he kept his shots together mm-hmm. pretty well. But you know what was interesting? Um, like when you see the holes, and I, I I was just as you were talking, I was looking at the the pictures. In, in in the in the article, if you if you guys go to the show notes and you go to the article, there's a picture of him, the 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 dude who defended himself um, inside the door, and you see like the shot group from inside, so like the the shot group that he fired, and then at the end of the article, if you scroll down, you see the shot holes in the, across in the the wall right next to the neighbor's door, and to me, I was looking at that, and I'm like, you see how those shot the shot group looked good but the shots the spread once it hit that wall is much bigger than what the shot group is so it's very deceptive because perhaps you know he was moving a little bit or those those uh, you know rounds have a little deflection here or there or whatever but um, the, so the the actual group of like where the rounds impacted the wall much bigger than the actual um, you know, shot group that you see on the door. So, um, that was something that just you know, I I, I saw some, um, some of that's just distance. Yeah, you know? yeah. As,
0: further and further out, you know, those bolts go. Or I mean, but here's what's here's the fun the fun thing about that that you noticed is if you look at the group on his door, the image of those holes through his door, and then you look at the group of the holes in the wall, that they, they, it's it's the same group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you a, can see. You could, you could, you go. That's that bullet. That's Mm -hmm. that bullet. That's like you can, you can see that so distinctly. Yeah, Uh, it's just, it's just bigger because mostly because of the distance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I would guess that across that hallway from where he was shooting is maybe not quite double the distance, or maybe close to the, you know, somewhere in, in, you know, so for every every time you double the distance, like that group's just going to get double the size. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's just basic you know, geometry. So yeah, that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. And another thing, um, just real quick um, that I, this dude gives a pretty in-depth interview um, with a reporter, news reporter. I'm, I mean, he's still got holes in the door Hmm. and, you know, um, this, this happened, like this interview he's giving is very soon after this incident. And, now, it will, I mean, it's a pretty cut and dry. The dude had legal justification to defend himself, but you might want to consider um, either not giving an interview with, mm-hmm. you know, the news, you know, an hour after you get in a shooting or the next day, mm-hmm. or consider talking to having representation yeah. there and having them talk or, or something. Just something to think about. Um, you never want to. Yep. You know, you never know how it's going to be twisted in in or how it's going to come across for what you're going to say. So,
0: well, I mean, there's there's the there's the the criminal law side of things that you want to be careful about. You know, in case mm-hmm. for some reason uh, an aggressive DA wants to come after you for for something. Um, but then there's also you want you, you want to forget or you don't want to forget that it's it's not just that criminal piece, but also the civil piece. Mm-hmm. Like, what if this dude's neighbor decides at some point they want to sue him? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for the bullets that went into their apartment, uh, even for something as basic as like their TV got hit, <laughs> you know, like right, right. I, now chances are there's a pretty strong case to to go after and sue him in the, you know, potentially in that regard anyway. But I'm just saying like you're, you're spot on as, as far as suggesting caution in speaking publicly about something like this, especially so soon after. I mean, you want to consult with an attorney, and maybe at some point you come out and maybe tell your story, but it's not usually right after this this sort of thing happens. You want to make mm-hmm. sure everything gets sorted out. So, yep. yeah, there's actually uh, that same piece of advice uh, is actually going to come up in our next story as well. But before we do that, I'm going to mention one of our sponsors today is Guardian Nation guardianation.com is the website you go to and learn more Uh, guys, whether it's the uh, virtual training that you can access our whole library of training videos within guardian university, uh, which is, fantastic resource i mean hundreds of hours of training content within guardian university guardian nation members get full complete 100% access as part of membership you get discounts off a number of products and things of course you always get 10% off minimum of everything sold on com, and also you get access to uh things like the guardian conference for a substantially reduced rate and even while you're at that conference you get special uh uh you know, deals such as being able to attend our VIP dinner and things. And so there's lots of reasons to be a Guardian Nation member, including uh, the quarterly box of gear we ship out to our members. Uh, so check it out, learn more today, guardiannation.com. And if interested, you can take advantage, I think it's still active, of a 14 day free trial by going to concealedcarry.com forward slash. 14 day, one 4 DAY. Also, uh, our other sponsor, I want to get it, you know, just get to this and then we'll cover our last couple stories here. KSG Armory, KSGArmory.com. Uh, Matthew, you carry in a KSG Armory holster?
1: Absolutely. Oh, you better. Got the Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and certainly I am as well. Uh, sorry, you, you were saying something. You got the. No,
1: I got, I, I got, a, I, I have one hooked up to a, an Enigma and one from my Glock 19. So cool. Yeah.
0: yeah Yeah. so uh i mean it's the way man like obviously bias right because we make the holsters Mm -hmm. i i'm i have a very personal uh involvement in the production of those holsters and the design of those holsters but uh you know we were fans of ksg even before we acquired ksg because it was previously owned by a dear friend and also industry professional that did a great job of launching and creating and establishing that brand known for building quality holsters designed for serious end users like you guys. If you're here listening to us or watching a podcast today, you're probably a serious end user and you should use serious tested gear such as holsters and mag pouches and other accessories from ksgarmory.com. You can also uh, save 10% off by using the code CC Podcast to, to get that. Special listeners only or viewers only discount at ksgarmory.com. All right. Final three stories. Uh, Matthew, he was a he was like a lion in a cage. Naked man shot dead inside restaurant. Happened in Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Yeah. So, okay, so Memphis, Tennessee, this place, this location that it happens is called Mr. Potato Head. That's the apparently name. Apparently,
0: we've got a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's the restaurant. All I know is, man, like, I, I got to try this place <laughs> next time I pass
1: through Memphis. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. All right. So um, apparently, a uh, dude comes into this, this restaurant called Mr. Potato Head wearing only sneakers. Um, he pushes his way inside and wants water. Um, he shuts the door behind him. And does it with such force? It's kind of like these double doors, and from what the is described as, he like jams the doors because he pushes them and kind of like uh, causes the lock to kind of seize up, and and now the the doors are kind of locked. Um, and they can't open, they can't push them out. They can't, you know, they, they can't pull them in. And so now they're telling these two ladies, um, that are working in there, tell this dude, Hey, like beat it, like get out of here. Um, and he doesn't, and he starts getting violent And so uh, he starts getting enraged. He tries to leave. He can't leave. So he starts damaging property in the store. Um, One of the ladies comes up to this dude, tries, you know, tells him to get out. He punches her in the chest. Um, She is holding a firearm and tells him, you know, um, points a gun at him, you know, stop, calm down, um, get out of the store. And he can't. Like, even if he wanted to, he doesn't try to, but even if he doesn't, even if he wanted to, um, he couldn't. And so, she's afraid that, you know, this dude is closing the distance. He's coming towards her. Um, so, she fires at him um, and strikes him. He ends up dying from his uh, gunshot uh, injury, wounds, and they call police. And a lot of this is recorded uh, the aftermath, not the, not the initial like shooting in, in the fight, but the post shooting, uh, it seems very recent after the shooting because I mean, the guy's still there. and I, I, I believe you can kind of hear him um, kind of moaning in the background. Um, so I, I, I think this was like almost immediately after the shooting, um, one of the ladies starts recording. And you can hear the other woman on the phone, the, the shooter uh, who shot this dude on the phone with the police, kind of giving, giving them a rundown of what's happening. So uh, I know you wanted to talk about, you know, a little bit about the uh, the, the, the phone call and maybe some of the tactics. Um, so I'll hand it over to you and you can kind of take this one, the new dude that gets shot.
0: Right. Well, I mean, uh, the thing there, you know, as I mentioned, is uh, that last story, uh, word of caution about being so quick to whether it's post things on social media, talk to talk to actual media, uh, do interviews, that kind of thing really want to be careful with that. Right. So this gal did a news news interview as well. Uh, very soon after this happened, um, telling her, her story. And again, like this seems like a very clear and cut dry case of self-defense uh, there's, there's, you know, there's no, and, uh, nothing at all that seems to suggest that the, the prosecutor or police is, you know, trying to arrest or charter it does say that they detained her, uh, for a brief time after the initial, uh, incident. Um, that some is a lot of times to be expected and, and pretty standard procedure, uh, with such sorts, you know, with that, with such things. In fact, I would exp- at least be prepared for that probability if you're ever involved in using, uh, especially a gun in defense, uh, at the very least when police arrive and it's like, well, hey, you know, you shot this dude here and like you still have your gun on you kind of thing. Like even if you holstered it, chances are they're going to at least put you in cuffs while they, number one, do initial investigation. Number two, remove a gun off of your person, you know, because they don't know who you are. Um, I've seen it go both ways too. Uh, there's a video I remember coming across years ago where guy shoots, shoots a dude. Actually, I don't even know if he ended up shooting him. I think he just held him at gunpoint calls 911 as he stand there with his gun on this guy. Uh, it's like in a parking lot and police arrive and everything, you know, he's still talking to the dispatch has his gun out and you know, all that, you know, and they, they arrive and they're like, Hey, you know, put your gun away, holster up kind of thing. And he does, you know, he just follows their instructions and, You know, so there's, there's, we've, we've talked about this kind of thing, you know, a number of times and no need to like go down that rabbit hole. But point here that I was starting on was uh, be careful talking to media. Um, This lady said that she posted on Facebook to let loved ones know what was happening. I don't know what the level of detail was that she shared, but again, be really careful with that kind of stuff. Talk to an attorney, even when you know you're in the right and that you did nothing wrong, talk to an attorney, get an attorney. In this case, ccw safe It'd be yeah. perfect perfect thing to use okay call ccw safe get them on the phone uh t- you know listen to their advice they're going to get in touch with an attorney that that's local that can work with you they also have attorneys on their staff so talk to them get that incident that incident team at ccw safe spun up um do what you're told (laughs) when one of those is probably going to be don't talk to police until you know your attorney advises you gets there or something uh or they'll tell you what to say to police uh and and or investigators okay because like there's probably some things that are good to mention and point out or to actually explain right so listen to their advice or to the advice of an attorney, and also one of those things is probably going to be, hey, don't talk to the news, don't go on social media, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. So I think the tactics here. Um, I mean, this dude was grabbing chairs and trying to, you know, hit people with them, and you know, was approaching um, this lady and wasn't, you know, wasn't responding to commands to stop or to back up or to get out. Um, and when he also became violent towards specific individuals, uh, she shot him. And uh, so kudos to her. You know, she did what she had to do. Um, she said in her interview that she didn't mean to or want to harm or kill anybody. And she was, I think, even a bit surprised um, or perhaps, uh, you know, saddened when she learned that he passed away later at the hospital. And she said in her interview, she's like, you know, I mean, everything was below the, the waist, you know, where she shot him. Uh, so guess what? There's, there's things below the waist, like femoral arteries and things that you get shot in and you can die. So um, not all people understand that. And I think uh, unfortunately for her, she, she learned that this particular day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, she, she also says like the dude was physically like overpowering. She was afraid that she knew she couldn't stop this dude. And she was afraid even with the firearm that he was going to come and just take it away from her and then use it against her. So, I mean, you know, this is one of those times where she's, you know, certainly feared uh had had a reasonable fear this dude is in in one of the videos you hear like one of the ladies say oh you know this guy used to be a one of our you know regular customers until you know dope like messed him up or something like so they, they they might have known this this guy from before known him as like you know in the area certainly if he's coming in wearing only sneakers uh he's probably not in his right mind. So, um, it's one of those things, man, you don't know, you're just chilling out at Mr. Potato Head and all of a sudden you got to shoot somebody. So, um, you never know, you never know.
0: Yep. Um, I'm gonna let you take the lead on the next one too, Matthew. Armed taxi driver turns the tables on attempted robber accused of targeting cabbies. The one thing we do know as we read this story is that, Two other cab drivers from the same company were robbed like the week prior. So Mm -hmm. this was a thing. Uh, But fortunately, in this instance, this guy was able to put it to arrest. This, according to Fox10Phoenix.com, although it's a story involving, comes out of Metairie, uh, uh, Louisiana.
1: Yeah, so um, not a ton of uh, uh, you know info on the actual shooting. It, just that it happened uh, before one a.m. on a Monday. Um, suspects armed with a handgun demands money from the cab driver. Cab driver is armed. He shoots the sub subset, uh, subset, uh, suspect multiple times, um, and the suspect dies. Uh, he's a 23 year old kid um, who. Um, They said had been. They suspect him in these other uh, armed robberies that were, you know, robbing uh, cab drivers uh, leading up to this. This one, Um, he matched the description and everything like that. Uh, In fact, it it says he matched the description of a man who robbed a cab driver the day before the shooting around three p.m. and another cabbie the week prior. like you said, they all work for the same company. One of the statistics in this article that's linked in the show notes, uh, says that neighboring new Orleans suffered a staggering increase in crimes last year, including a rate of 70, 70 homicides per 100,000 residents, a 20% increase in armed robberies compared to 2019's pre pandemic data and 156% increase in carjackings compared to 2019. Um, Those two things we have been reporting on that, you know, uh, carjackings are like up, all over the place. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, violent crime, you know, um, maybe not, um, you know, different types of violent crimes, including like multiple people attacking, um, shop owners and, you know, going in and stealing things and and just having like a a bunch of people attack somebody. Um, those things are, are, are up in the, the age of these people, this, this suspect happens to be, I think I said 23 years old, but I mean, quite often we're seeing carjackers. The suspects are in their teens. Um, you know, we've even had kids that were like, I I think it was like 12 years old or 13 years old doing armed robberies. and, And we reported on that. So, um, you just not trying to scare anybody or anything, but you know, especially if you deliver food, you're, you know, you work for Uber, you deliver, you know, you're a pizza driver driving at night or you drive cabs or something like that. The, the, you know, even though you're not using cash, these people don't care. I mean, they'll take, they want a, a cell phone. They want, you know, maybe your car or whatever you have on you. So, um, you just got to, you got to be careful. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, well covered. Um, final story. And we got to wrap this up. Phoenix home intruder shot by teenage boy. This is, uh, well, as it stated, out of Phoenix. This is also reported on Fox10Phoenix.com. Same source as that last story. Um, this happened about 10 p.m. on September 8th. So it's, uh, you know, it's after dark, right? Um, basically, police were arrived or were called to a home. They arrived about 10:13 13 p.m. Uh, they contacted a man out in front of the home who was suffering from gunshot wounds to his abdomen abdomen and right arm. Turns out he was the suspect involved in an attempted break-in of this home. Uh, And uh, this actually started with a motion notification on a security system. So uh, a woman noticed this, uh, discovered this man walking around the front of her home. Curious thing. She actually says that she exited her residence and gave the defendant, the suspect, several commands to leave the area or he was at risk of being shot. Uh, she was. She did this in an attempt to scare him away from the residence's from front yard area, it says, according to court documents. It says the victim stated she then ran back inside of her res- residence and instructed one of her children to close and lock the door behind her. Uh, the victim stated as she entered her residence, she began calling police and went to retrieve a firearm in order to protect herself, her husband, and five children located inside. So again, about 10 PM, um, the woman, you know, this mother and wife is, she, she goes out of her home, issues this command of get out of here, uh, or you might get shot, Right. Um, goes back inside the house has a child lock the door behind her she gets her gun and calls police right there's a lot going on there and i don't know what what role if any the husband or father of this family played in this there's no mention of him other than she was doing all this protect her husband and her five children uh so i don't know if this dude's just like passed out or what you know because like i i think i'm not saying like it should have been his role to grab the gun per se i mean i think men or women both equally can, can be, uh, uh, responsible in that regard. But I do think this guy could have done something <laughs> like maybe she could have had her husband call 911, you know, which would have freed her up to, you know, worry about other things. So I thought, I just thought, I just thought that was interesting, Matthew. Like normally, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I, my wife and I have had a couple of things over the years, you know, um, that where were calls have been placed late at night to, uh, uh, to emergency services. And, uh, you know, I think we have a pretty good uh, teamwork approach to that. It's like, Oh, Hey, did you hear that? Hey, you call number one, you know, and she, she, we basically have that assignment. Like if I'm home, um, I'm grabbing a gun, flashlight, whatever defensive tools, I feel like I need, she's, she's getting on the phone, you know? So uh, you know, division of labor here, it's kind of a thing. And it's really beneficial when we have more, more hands involved and, uh, you know, allow us to, to focus on, on the, you know, whatever important things lie before us. She then goes, um, back, uh, she, you know, she's somewhere inside the home. She hears a glass window get broken by this man. Okay. And it can see his hand reaching inside. He's reaching for the door handle. So he breaks a window, whether it's on the door or in a window next to the door, but he breaks a window and is now trying to reach in to unlock and open the door. Scary stuff here, right? It's it's time to act. Uh, and she's pre- she seems like she's prepared to do that. 911's been called. She's retrieved a firearm. But this guy starts actually working his way into the home. And at some point, a 13-year-old son of hers is like, mom, yo, uh, dude's coming in. And you're standing there with a gun. Her 13-year-old son grabs the gun out of her hand and then shoots the suspect a couple of times. Bravo, bravo! Thirteen yeah. year old boy. Again, I don't know where dad is, but <laughs> but I mean, like that's that was remarkable to me, Matthew. I read that and I was like, whoa. Um, you know, when, from the initial headline, you're like, you know, teenage boy shoots intruder. You're like, well, we've covered stories like that. This one's interesting in that mom already has gun. Mom's right there, sees dude trying to break in. Mom doesn't use gun, so her son has to intervene and basically, he's like fine I'll do it you know I'll take one for the team you know like good on that boy although as a parent I got to be like yo um, I don't if you know if it comes to this I don't want my child to have to bear the burden of shooting and potentially killing somebody right like I should be bearing that burden for my child I don't want them to bear that uh, but she couldn't do it for some reason. So, don't don't know what you know everything that was going on there, but good on this boy for having the the sense about him to go ahead and do what he felt he needed to do to defend his mom and his dad and his four other siblings. Pretty remarkable stuff there. Uh, Now the suspect here was just wounded um, appears to, like, that, that he, you know, is making recovery has been charged with numerous charges. All that is fine and well. So yeah, uh, pretty crazy thing here. Um, it does say in other, uh, you know, data points in the, in the news article here, this guy had, you know, he's on methamphetamine and, you know, so there's, there's reasons that he was you know doing what he was doing, I suppose. But, uh, as to why he had selected this family this household I don't I don't think that we really know the reason for that appears to be completely random in that regard yeah
1: yeah and and, and like I was with you about you know the the boy taking the firearm it, it's I think it, it just for me it underscored like we we need to have not just like the the, the the technical ability to squeeze, you know, to, to press a trigger and, and hit a target, we need to have like a mindset that says like, I can do this under stress and potentially take somebody's life. And I don't know if she froze up and he was just like, you know, if she doesn't do it, I'm stepping in or he perceived a threat, you know, in, in a way that she didn't or, or whatever. Um, but clearly there was a different mindset of like, we need to act now and you are not and um, whatever that was and um, yeah, good, good on him. And, and you know, good, th- this is one of those things where like people, you know, demonize parents teaching them, their children, how to be safe with firearms or how to shoot firearms. You know, you, you hear all the time like, oh, well, some, you know, a kid posts to his Instagram or Facebook, you know, you know, some 16 year old kid or something posts his parents taking him to a gun range. And then he, you know, the school administration freaks out. It's like, oh, you, you know, you're going to be a school shooter and all this. But like the but kids need to be able to do this. And, you know, um, it, it it's not just a hypothetical thing. You know, um, we see this, you know, often where uh, where teens and children take firearms and save the family um, from yeah. some lunatic. So, um, yeah. yeah, good on that kid, man.
0: So, one of the reasons why I am not a fan of legislation, you know, where we basically say, you know, we're going to legislate households into uh, or mandate them into, well, you know, firearms must be stored securely. Like, I think it should be left up to every family uh, how, you know, what their approach there is with respect to how firearms are stored, how they're secured, who has access to them. Um, for sure, there are problems in that regard that people don't store things correctly, properly, safely, or allow people that shouldn't have access to have access. Uh, But I think it should be left up to, you know, like in a free society, like there's, there's, there's assumed risks that have to also exist if we're going to be truly free. And I think people should be free to make those decisions because there's for sure families and kids that would be dead today if some underage, meaning under age of 18, uh, uh, kid didn't for some reason have access to a defensive tool like including a firearm to actually defend themselves, their, their siblings, their families, their households. So a controversial thing for sure. I know. Um, I, I mean, it shouldn't be in, in, in my opinion, but like I understand why it is. And certainly I take secure storage uh, seriously in my household. I still got little kids in my, in my family. Um, but I also have a 17 year old son that I would absolutely trust And he's been pretty well trained, honestly, to grab a gun and defend the household if he had to. Yeah. So, and frankly, he's probably the one more likely to do so than my own wife, who she's not a particular, you know, gun person per se, you know, like she knows how to shoot, but she's not her thing. So, anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, That brings us to a wrap of our stories today. We're a bit over time. I hope you've enjoyed this. I was saving one thing here for the end though, Matthew, this was our last story. And this is where there's a correlation to the last time we had a justified saves episode in the last episode, episode nine or season nine, episode one, we shared a story of a teenage boy. I think he was 13 or 14 years old that grabbed his mother's gun and defended her against a violent attack in a Chicago like hot dog shop or
1: something, mm-hmm.
0: remember mm-hmm. that now? Yep, yep, yep. And so I was like, Holy cow, two mm-hmm. justified saves episodes in a row where there is a teenage son of a person, and I guess in both these cases, mothers that grabbed their mother's guns and defended themselves with it. I thought yep. that was pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, yeah, good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So, there you go. That's what I saved for the whole
0: episode. You got a good memory, man. (laughs) Well, it's just something, you know, rang there. I was like, this is a familiar, you know, storyline here. (laughs) Anyway, hey, today's episode sponsored by CCW Safe, which you can find at ccwsafe.com. Guardian Nation, which you can find at GuardianNation.com. And KSG Armory Holsters, which you can find at ksgarmory.com. Thanks to our sponsors. Thank you for supporting us and our sponsors. And thank you for sharing, liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bells, all that stuff. With respect to the podcast, I uh, do hope that uh, you enjoy this content and that you will help us like and share it. Thank you so much for this episode today, folks. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. And so we'll let you go. Until next time, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.